Amen. Amen. We are live. We are live. We thank and praise God and we honor the Lord. Amen. We honor God for what he is doing. Uh, God is an awesome God. I mean, I, I love the fact that he will call me friend. <laughs> I, you know, even in my wretched condition, he will call me friend. And then and I can say I am a friend of God. And I, I, it, it, just, it just blesses my spirit. And I'm just uh, excited uh, about what God is doing and where we're going to, to go uh, this, this morning. Uh, I was uh, praying last Sunday, uh, and that was after I got home. I was uh, going before the Lord, and, and I was seeking God's face and direction. And, and, and this particular uh, title came to my memory, and I said, Lord, if this is you, allow me to, to continue to remember it. You know how sometimes we do forget. Amen. And then, you know, later on, he gave me, he gave me one name, and so I went to that one name, and I understood what God was saying. So we're going to go to God in prayer. We, get, we thank you, Lord, for uh, allowing us to assemble ourselves here together. We honor you, Lord, and we bless your name. And we're just so thankful and so grateful. And, God, we, we appreciate who you are and what you mean to us in our life. And, God, we, we thank you for everything. We thank you for the rain. We thank you for the, the, the coldness and the weather. God, you know all things. So, Father God, we pray in Jesus' name that you would come and dwell among us today, Lord. We pray, Father God, that the Holy Spirit, who is the teacher, that, Lord God, he will speak through me and use me as a vessel. And, God, I can impart unto your people that which you've imparted to me. And, God, I have eaten from this table even before they began to eat. And, Lord, I thank you for it. I thank you for hope. For oh, God, you say your people need hope. And I just bless your name for it. We honor you. Hide me behind the cross, God. Let none of me be seen, but all of you be glorified and seen in this day. This we ask in your son Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. We're going to go to the book of St. Mark. And we're going to go to chapter number 5. Chapter number 5. I will, in the process of sharing, I will, I will um, speak about uh, Matthew chapter number 9. And I will reference to some things in Luke. Because we have three different uh, apostles that talks about the same thing. Uh, uh, Mark chapter number 5. And we're going to begin reading at verse number 22. Uh, the title that the Lord gave me, uh, the thought, was uh, The Impossible Dream. The Impossible Dream. You know, when we think about dreams, we think about when people are um, resting at night and they're sleeping. But God said, no, that's not what he wants us to even think about. He's talking about those aspirations that we have those visions that we have for our life. And some of those dreams and some of those aspirations that we have, they may seem impossible to man, but they are possible with God. And so here God has given us a situation, and he's showing us something that appears to be impossible, but yet through God it will become possible. Prior to where we're going to begin reading, Fame had gone out about Jesus and, and the work that he had done. There was a man, uh, um, and he had demons. He was full of legions. And uh, from those legions, nobody could, could do anything with him until he met Jesus Christ. And after God healed him, because he, he was the type of person wherein he lived in his past, and then he lived in his future. 
And he took, the, the Bible says, the stones which were his thoughts, and he began to cut himself. And that's how we do oftentimes. We take our thoughts that the enemy gives us, and we begin to cut our own selves. But he met a man called Jesus one day, which is the power and the wisdom of God. And when he met him, God drove those demons out. Then he told him to go to a, a, a city called Decapolis, and there proclaim what God had done for him. Because now he was clothed in his right mind. So they were all excited, and he began to, to go about and tell about what great work Jesus had done. So Jesus now, because they've asked him to leave that area, isn't it not interesting that when God do a, a mighty work, sometimes the enemy and the demons won't, do, won't set God to, to leave our life and, and don't want us to have any part of that. But what happened with Jesus, they asked Jesus to leave, and now Jesus has crossed back over the Sea of Tiberias. Now, the word Tiberias means good vision. So, which means that good vision means that something good is about to happen in the lives of people. Amen? So, let's look at verse number 22 in Mark chapter number 5. Verse 22 says, And behold... There cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus. Now, Jairus means enlightener. It's Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet. When he saw him, he fell at his feet. Now, here Jesus is surrounded by people. And, and the situation is that if you can envision this in your mind, that there are so many of people around Jesus wanting and desiring to be healed because they have already heard about the fame and what Christ had already done. So here comes a ruler. And so because he is a ruler of the synagogue, synagogue representing in, in that time the church as we know it today, and here's this ruler. He's coming to Jesus. Now, and the people recognize that there's this ruler, so they begin to back up and and give him privy to Jesus Christ. But I noticed something very interesting. Even though his situation and circumstance was very grave, yet he came to Jesus. But what I note was this. When he comes to Jesus and Mark, it talks about how he falls at the feet of Jesus. Now, if you look at Matthew chapter number 5, we want to see how it continues, or how Matthew interprets uh, what happens. Let's look at Matthew chapter 9. Yeah, Matthew chapter number 9. And we're going to uh, go a, a little bit deeper, but yet we'll, we'll, we'll go between Mark, Luke, and Matthew because they're all telling the same thing, but each one adds something. So Matthew chapter number 9, verse number 18. Are we there? It says... While he spake these things unto them, talking about Christ, behold, there came a certain ruler. And what did he do? And worshipped him, saying, My daughter is even now dead. But come and lay thy hand upon her, and she shall live. And verse 19 says, And Jesus arose and followed him, and so did his disciples. See, in Matthew chapter 9, it says that when he comes, he falls down and he worships God. 
And, and he, he's had a situation. He's in a situation wherein his only daughter is what Luke says. His only daughter is dead. I mean, I'm like, God, how is it that, that when we are in circumstances and have situations going on in our lives that we are supposed to go into a place of worship no matter how bad the situation is? Here it is. This man's only daughter is dead. But what he does is, when he falls at the feet of Jesus, he goes into a place of worship. Think about our own life. Think about our own life. How many of us, that when we're going through, that we will fall down on our knees and begin to worship Jesus, no matter how bad the situation is, or do we sit around and have a pity party? But what here, what's happening here, Christ is showing us the example. Worship moves the hand of God. Look at the situation. Think about, reflect on your own life, your own situation, your own circumstances that you have gone through or is going through and see if you can go to a place of worship. Because when you do that, everything that's around you, all the circumstances that you're facing, all the challenges, it will begin to move the hand of God. It's something about worship. It is something about worship that takes you to a place that nobody else, no matter how many people is in the room, it will be just you and God. I'm talking about true worship because he says in his word that we worship him in spirit and in truth. So we being spirit beings, we have to worship him in spirit. So therefore, in the mix of whenever we're singing praise and worship and we're giving God adoration, we've got to shut out everybody around us, close our eyes, and begin to meditate on God and allow our, our realm of the spirit, our inner being to connect with the Father. And when that happens, you have taken a flight and you're not where you are physically, but you're somewhere else. And those things that appear to be so bad, God is working on your behalf. I, I thought that was just so awesome. I said, God, here he is. He's lost his only daughter. Think about it now. What if your child, your child had just died and you decided you're going to go to Jesus about the matter. But yet, when he gets there, he gives God adoration. He gives him praise and he gives him glory. And that's what we're supposed to do as the body of Christ. No matter what it looks like, no matter how bad the circumstances are, because sometimes we're just like lay home and stay home and, you know, lay up in the bed and have us, like I said, a pity party, right? Amen. We can be real in the house. Amen. We won't have us a pity party. But it only prolongs the inanimate. It only prolongs it. So we might as well come and worship God and let God do the work. Because, see, God is a God. He works behind the scenes. We have no clue how he's working. But if we can believe that he's working, God will work that thing out. Amen. Now, let's go back to Mark chapter number 5. And we'll go a little bit further. Now, he's, here it is. He's, he worships God, understanding that in that worship, he says in verse number uh, 23, he says, and he besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. This is how Mark sees it. Matthew is saying she's already dead when, he, when he's talking to Jesus. Here uh, uh, Mark says, I pray he's talking to uh, Christ. Christ uh, the Jairus is talking to Christ. 
He says, I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her that she may be healed and she shall live. Now, you think about what Matthew is saying there, what he said there, uh, and what we probably read, about the daughter is already dead. And Mark is saying that she's, she's sick, but she's at the point of death. But he says to, to Christ, if you would just come in and just lay your hands on my daughter, she will be healed. So what he was saying was, if you would just come and lay your hands on my circumstances, I know they will be healed. I, I know those circumstances will change. So, so I looked at that and I said, God, that is so awesome because it reflected his faith. Can you believe God when all hell breaks loose in your life? Can you really believe God for the impossible? Because, see, so you understand now, we are, we are serving a supernatural God. He's not like man now. He's supernatural. And because we are, are supernatural beings, when we connect, all things are possible. There is nothing that's impossible with God. So his faith tells him, if you would just come, God, I know my child will be healed. That's great faith. Look at your circumstance. Look at the situation in your life. And you begin to talk to God and say, God, if you would just do this after I go into a place of worship. After I go into that place of worship and begin to believe God, then I know my circumstances and situations or whatever your circumstances, whatever your situations may be, it will be made whole. But you got to have faith. Now watch what else happens here. He asks him to come, okay? Now look at verse number 24. Verse 24 says, and Jesus went with him, and much people followed him and thronged him. Now, everybody, they, they know it's the ruler. They know he's the ruler of the synagogue. And there's a crowd all around, and Jesus has taken the time to say, I'm going with you to your house. Now, is it not interesting that with all those people around Christ, that the ruler Jairus was one that made Christ stop and change his direction. See, we can, we can make Christ stop and change his direction. Because, see, he was going in one direction, but when Jairus came and he began to worship, and we're going to see another example of how what worship does. Now, everybody can be in the room, but everybody may not get blessed. And the reason being, it has everything to do with the mindset. It has everything to do with our relationship with God. You see, God sees our heart. He knows our heart. And so right then, at that point, all right, here he is. Christ is, is going on. He's going with Jairus. He's going there to see about his door. Now watch what happens. This is what happens in our lives sometimes, okay? Now, in verse number 25, what, what do we do when, 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 when God put, put us on a delay? Our situation on a delay. What do we do? See, look at verse 25. It says, And a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years and had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was nothing better but rather grew worse. And when she had heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. 
Here she is. You know where the hem of your garment is. If you think about the hem, that means she had to humble herself. That means she had to get low. In other words, she went to a place of worship. There's a whole lot of people. And by this woman, nobody was supposed to touch her because she had this issue of blood. It was a thing that flow, that flows out of her. And what happened uh, by Levitical law, what happens in that situation, she was supposed to be put aside. And see, first it was for seven days, but she had a continual flow. But look at this. It says she kept going to the physicians. And she only got worse. So that let me know she was going to the wrong physician. How many times do we go to, to the physicians, not necessarily a medical, but uh, good friends can be a physician. Christians can be a physician. Sinners can be a physician. How many times do we go to the wrong physician and realize we still got the same problem? But the thing is, we've got to go to the right physician. Because when she went to the right physician, after all these years, 12, 12 is the divine purpose of God in man. So it was God's divine purpose that at this time she be made whole. But what happened to Jairus? His stuff is put on hold. Think about it. While the circumstances and situations in our life, and we're asking, we're praying God for certain things to happen, and it seems like God is delaying or not answering. What's going on, God? Where are you? This is the situation. What's going on, God? God takes the time to stop and heal somebody else that was at a place of worship. But it's like this. He still hadn't forgot you. He still had not forgotten you see, sometimes the Lord will allow some situation to be so grave. Sometimes it just have to be just flat out dead before God will move on it so you can activate your faith. Because we're talking about impossible dreams. Impossible dreams. So we've got to understand it has to be an impossible situation for God to show up. Or else we will not recognize the power and the sovereignty of God. And you know how oftentimes, sometimes we can lose or we can, we can forget? You know how it is when God blesses and brings up our situation, all of a sudden we forget. Down the road we've forgotten the, the miracle that he performed in our life. And here it is again. We are God, where are you? What we're going to do? Reflect. He's still the same God. I mean, he is, he is still the same God. He's he is the most supreme being. He is the answer to all of our prayers. But sometimes he will put your stuff on delay. But that does not mean he has forgotten. He's just working. He's working. He knows what's needed. He, he knows how to put the puzzle pieces together. He knows how to refrain. Because see, sometimes if God does it too quickly, we will forget. We will not give him the praise and the glory that's due him. Amen. So, so he takes time. God takes the time. He will go to your friend's house and deal with their situation. And you still sitting there. But then he may go and because he sees a grave situation, he's performing another miracle. And he sees her faith. She gets down. She humbles herself. See, that's another thing, and, 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 and with the impossible dreams, you, we got to humble ourselves. You have to humble yourself at the feet of Jesus. 
The Bible says, when we humble ourselves, he will exalt us in due time. God is a God of exaltation. And we have to come to a place of humility. When we come to the place of humility, then the word of God says, uh, 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 humility comes before honor. That's when God began to place the matter of honor upon our lives. Now, let's, let's continue with, with, with Mark chapter number 5. Because here it is that she, she's getting worse. But she has enough sense. Thank you, Holy Spirit. She has enough sense to go to the right position. One called Jesus, which is the power and the wisdom of God. She's suffering so much. Going from, me, going from one place to the next place and still not being healed or made whole. Then verse number 29 says, and watch what happens now when, when we go to the right source. She goes to Jesus, which is the right source. Verse 29 says, and straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up. And she felt in her body that she was healed of that place. She felt within her body. Do you not know, whenever God does something for you, you will know that it's been done by God. There's a change on the inside. Because God begins to work internally before we can see the manifestation externally. So she felt the power of God. And the amazing thing is, as, as she felt the power of God, and as we feel the power of God, God feels the power that's been pulled from it. You see how powerful it is when we, get, we go into worship and we go in, in, in faith and belief, how it pulls on God too. That's amazing. If we as mortal beings, mortal beings, that, that we can pull on God and everything that needs to be taken care of within us, God will take care of it. And we will know that we've been healed and made whole. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. She said she was healed. That, of that plague. Now, it didn't say other plagues now. It says of that plague. So that doesn't mean you're not going to have some more to come down the road. But this particular situation, that when she goes to Christ, she, she's healed. Now, verse number 30 says, And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue, power, had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, Who touched my cloak? It was just the him that she touched. Do you not know when we operate in faith and operate in belief, belief in knowing that somebody greater than us can, can, can do some things within us, that it, 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 it pulls on the master? He said, Who touched my clothes? He's surrounded by a lot of people. But here is this one woman's faith that also touches him because of worship. Here's Christ's response. And, and the Bible says in verse 32 says, And he looked around about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, you, you'll know when God does something in your life, you'll know he's done it. When there's a change in your life, you will know it's done no matter what nobody else say, all the devils in hell. Long as you know that God has made a change in your life, you don't worry about the naysayers. Because, see, what happens, you're going to always have some naysayers now. You're going to always have, have naysayers. But here it goes on, and she, she's trembling. She's afraid because, in actuality, she was not supposed to be out in the public. So she's afraid. She's afraid to tell what God had done. Verse 34 says, And he said unto her, 
daughter, thy faith. What see that? And he said unto her, daughter, which is the builder of the family name of God. He says, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy place. So what made what made her whole? What made her whole? Faith. Faith changes our situation and circumstances, and faith causes our faith causes God to move on our behalf. So He Christ tells her, He said, Yo, it was your faith. Not somebody else's faith. He said, Thy faith has made thee whole. You, you got to believe, no matter what, if, no matter how the circumstances, the situation that you're facing, all the challenges, no matter what it looks like, you got to operate in faith. Because when you do that, things will change. The impossible will become possible, especially with Jesus Christ at the hand. Amen? When he's at the, when he's at the hand. Now, in verse number 35 says, While he yet spake, Deck, watch, watch. Did I tell you that God had not forgotten Jairus? Hadn't forgotten now. He had not forgotten. Stuff was on delay, on hold. So now that he's dealt with the woman that had the issue of blood, and she has been made whole, now he's back to your stuff and my stuff. Amen. He, he, he's back now. See, he's taking us off the back shelf. Sometimes he sits us on the shelf for a minute and makes us wait. See, we have to sit and wait a while. Because, see, sometimes we, if God moved too quickly, now we'll, we'll mess up something now. We'll, we'll, trust, I know, I got a trophy and t-shirt. I, I, I've moved too quick on a lot of things and I've messed up some stuff. Like, can I, can I be real? Amen. Can, y'all can be real too because you know you have to. Amen. 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 But, but God is such a, a loving and, and such a wonderful God that he will not keep us on the shelf very long. He'll come right back. And he will give our circumstances and situations some attention. Amen. Now watch what happens when he comes back. Now, uh, verse number 35 says, While he yet spake, taking somebody else's matters, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain which said, Thy daughter is dead. Why troubleth thou the master any more? How many people may have said, or we ourselves have said to our own selves, oh, we might as well forget the situation. I mean, it, 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 looks, it, it has no life. Death means it has no life to it. That, there's nothing can be done. No, absolutely nothing. And so, here comes a barrier of bad news. Anybody had any barriers of bad news coming to your house? But when it comes with the, with the barrier of bad news, God has always got an answer. That's what we love about God. Say they shows up, they give him the bad news, and then they say, don't trouble Jesus no more. She's dead. Well, see, they don't have no faith. They don't know the God we serve. They have no clue. You see, when we begin to understand the power of God, he, do, he does things beyond our, our comprehension. I mean, he does the impossible. That's why God says the impossible dream. Those things that you think will not ever happen, no matter what it might be, God says, it's possible with me. All you've got to do is believe. Just stay with it. Just stay with it. Don't back up. Don't move from it. Just stay with God. I believe you. I believe in a power that's greater than me because, God, you got all power. No matter what nobody else say, God, you got all power. You, you, 
It's up to you who lives, who, who, who falls, and who don't fall. That's what the Word says. It's good, good. I'm like, God, wait a minute. God said, no, I'm working some things out. I'm working some things out. That impossible situation. What you facing? Some of you, you know, everybody got a different circumstance and a situation in their life. Everybody got something going on differently. Everybody got something going on differently. Everybody's got something going on differently. But they, but they are all the same challenge. It appears to be impossible. You know how it is. We've done everything in our own might and it's still not working. <laughs> well, maybe because we, 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 we became one of them physicians. <laughs> we became one of them physicians, you know. That, that the matter got worse rather than got good. Amen. You know, we was at the wrong position. You know, it ain't us. It's him. You know what I'm saying? So we, we, we have some problems going on. But, but here he tells him, he said, don't trouble Jesus no more. Stop praying about it. it it's, it's a dead matter. It's a dead situation. But all I could hear from the Spirit was, what's impossible with man is possible with God. There was impossible dreams. And verse 36 says, as soon as Jesus, the word that was spoken, as soon as Jesus heard, see, Jesus is always in close proximity. He hears everything. He even hears the, the, uh, the heartbeat of our hearts. He even hears our thoughts. Yeah, that's why we have to be careful what we're thinking. Because when we think that nobody else hears us, Jesus does. Amen. See, that, that, that's how it is. And sometimes we don't realize that. You know, they say, well, nobody knows what I'm thinking. Oh, yes, somebody does know what you're thinking. His name is Jesus. And he can read your thoughts. He can read your thoughts. He comes and he says, as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said unto the ruler of the synagogue, what does he say? Be not afraid. Do what? Only believe. He comes out of panic. He calms our panic. He said, be not afraid. He, he tells you to move out fear. Because see, fear is torment. Trust y'all, I know. Fear is torment. And fear is not from God. It will torment you and torment you until you just about lose your mind. And, and, and because it's from Satan. So the first thing he says, settle down. Calm down. Relax. You know what he's saying when he tell you relax? He's saying, I got it. You just relax. You just rest in me and let me handle the situation. That's what Jesus says. He said, relax. All you got to do is just believe. He said, only believe. How many, how many uh, uh, challenges are we facing today that will, uh, it looks like in a hopeless situation, and we're saying, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this one. I just don't know. It seemed to be too much. I, I just don't see no way. Y'all been saying that? Don't see no way. But here the Holy Spirit is here to tell you there is a way. And that way is Christ Jesus. And if we would just calm ourselves down. Just relax. Take, I hear you Holy Spirit. He says take a chill pill. Take a chill pill and just relax. And let him handle it. Because he, he's already heard the barriers of the bad news anyway because they never said, well, it's hopeless and they're going to never work. Hmm, mm -mm. But they don't know the God that we serve. I'm talking about the God that we serve. The God that we serve. He's, he says, all you got to do is believe. And then verse 9, now here, here's some things that got to take place too now. You know, Jesus is not crazy either. 
Because everybody that they say, say they're for you is not really for you. Everybody that says they believe in with you is not really believing with you. You better know who your inner circle is. Amen. You got to know who your inner circle now, don't because they smile on your face does not mean they are with you when coming down for them praying with you. Amen. That's why you better learn how to pray for yourself. And seek the face of God. Amen. Now look what happens here in verse number 37. We'll still in Mark chapter 5. It says, And he suffered no man to follow him save Peter, which is the hearing of the word, James, which is the will of God, and John, which is the grace of God. He says, the brother of James. I wonder why he only chose uh, just three folk out of all them people. I mean, there was a crowd with him now. You see how small Christ's inner circle is? We've got to be careful who we got in our inner circle. Because everybody don't have your, your well-being. They don't have their, your well-being and their thoughts the way you have them. They're not going to pray like you're going to pray. But you see, these are what you got to have on board. You got to make sure you're here. You got to make sure you're doing the will of God. And of all things, you just make sure and know that you've got the grace of God on board. Okay? Now, verse 38 says, and watch what happens. And he cometh to the house of the rule of the synagogue and seeth the, the torment, and them that wept and wailed greatly. And when he was come in, he said unto them, Why make ye this ado? And weep, the damsel is not dead, but sleeping. Now, you would think God is a complete fool. He didn't come and tell you, he, you know, your daughter's dead. They tell you, don't even show up anymore. But you, you, he carries, tell you, take certain people in there with you. But then he said, no, they're not dead. Your situation is not dead. It's not beyond repair. It, it, it can be revived again. It can be resurrected again. It can be brought back life. But then, these, you're talking about these people that's been wailing? Back in those days, when somebody died, they had these paid uh, wailers, people that come and cry at funerals. By the time you get through crying and crying and crying, then when you, you, you weigh yourself out, then they pay these other folk to come in, and they begin to weep and, 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 and cry, you know, making all kind of noise. So you know good way if they're making all kind of noise, they're not believing. Huh. It's just an empty wagon, right? It's just an empty wagon. But, but let's go further here. It says, and when he comes to the house, and then he's asking them, why, why are you weeping? Why are you crying? They just sleep. Sleep means a point of being in, 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 a, in a, a state of rest that, that's beyond the, the, the natural sense. Verse 40 says, now watch what happens when you begin to speak truth and what you believe. That's why I say you've got to be careful who your inner circle is. Verse 40 says, and they laughed him to scorn, but when he had put them all where? Out. Sometimes you just got to put some folks out of your life. Especially when they don't believe. But you got to be very careful who's in your inner circle. I keep telling them. I hear your Holy Spirit. <laughs> He's talking to me too. You have to be careful who's in your inner circle. So he says, because they lied, that they didn't believe. They couldn't believe that, that Christ could do what he did. My God, Christ just had got through healing a man, had all those legions that was living in his past one day, and the next day he's on a mountain, he's in a valley, and now he's clothed in his right mind, and the news has traveled, and here it is, a woman that had an issue of blood, had a situation all of her life, 
that could not connect with society had been healed right before their eyes and there were folks still not believing. How many miracles does God have to perform in our life in order to make us believe? What does he, what does he have to do? Think about it. Oh my God, it looks so bad. But this is not at the same, this is not at the same place we hadn't already been. Have you ever been in a situation, uh, it's like, a, hmm, look like I've been around this particular mountain. That scenery looks like I've seen it before. Anybody been there? Same scenery. Going round and round, and it's still the same scenery. But God heals and he changes the scenery. So now you're in another situation, and how am I going to get out of this one, Lord? I don't quite understand. God says, give it to me. Give it to me. But he also says, you got to put some folk out that does not believe. Listen, if I need a divine healing, I'm going to get me some faith, faith, not just faith talkers. I'm talking about some faith walkers that's going to believe with me. You know, it, it, the Bible says, when we can touch and agree, it says, on the same thing. Now, I don't need nobody that's not going to touch and agree with me, nor do you. On the same thing. We've got to be touching and agreeing about the same thing. Because if I believe in one way and somebody else believes another way, it's not going to come to pass. Because it goes against God's word. So we're going to find you some inner circle people that can touch and agree with you and believe the way you believe. Okay? If this, God, I believe you for this. Let me find my inner circle. What do you believe in God for? What are you faced with? What are your challenges? And, and then check out who is in your inner circle. Are they believing like you're believing? Or do you have doubters in the camp? Right here, there's some doubters in the camp. There were some doubters. And the reason why you know there were some doubters because Jesus told them to put them out. He said, and they laughed him to scorn. But when he had put them all out, he taketh the father, the originators, and the mother, which is the originators, of the damsels and them that were what with him and entered in where the damsel was lying. I'm gonna show you this impossible situation. He put them, he put some folk out. Put them out. Listen, if somebody put 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 you out of their life, and you know, out of the inner circle, don't feel bad. Just do inventory. It might be that you was a doubter. <laughs> you got nose in your inner circle. Okay, so when he puts them all out and he only has a select, that's why it's so important of your inner circle, a select group of people that's going to believe the way you believe for whatever the circumstances and the situation that you're facing in your life. Now, watch what happens when he put all them naysayers out of life, all them naysayers. Verse number 41. 